Good morning. Good morning. Hey, before you sit down, just before you, before you sit down, before you, there you go, there you go. Hey, look around you real quick. Find the best looking person you can. Find, find someone really good looking. Now, when you find them, I want you to, I want you to look right at them and tell them this. Tell them the rest of your life. All right, that, that was pretty good. I think we can do better than that. Um, look at your second choice real quick. No, don't do that. Don't point to yourself. Point to yourself. Let's try it this way. Say the rest of my life. You sounded better when you started talking about yourself. Say it will be the best of my life. All right, one more time like you really believe it. Say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. All right, you can be seated. I'm going to get you to say that as much as I can. If you've ever heard me before, you've said that before, but I'm going to try to get you to say it again a few times because what you continually hear, you'll eventually believe. You know, if you hear your whole life, you're dumb, you'll never make anything of yourself. Pretty soon you start believing that. But if you keep hearing the rest of your life, let me ask you this. How many believe the Bible? Let's start with that. Okay. About half of you. Wouldn't you hate to find out it wasn't true? That'd be horrible, wouldn't it? You ever thought about that? Like, what if God didn't really write all this stuff? Has anybody ever thought about that? Be honest, you won't go to hell or anything. Let me see your hand. <laughs> if you, I've been at church my whole life, and I've wondered, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Did God really write all this stuff? There's a lot of stuff in there. I started thinking one day, you know, if God didn't do it, who did? You ever thought about that? Like, maybe it was someone I knew. <laughs> I started trying to narrow it down, thinking of people I knew. Maybe it was Michael Tony. <laughs> Maybe he wrote it. He don't do a lot. Now I found that scripture. If you don't work, you don't eat. Like Uncle Tony didn't write that. I can tell you. I mean, if you just started thinking of people you knew, you could narrow it down pretty quick. Maybe my wife wrote it. Submit to your... Nope. Wasn't her. How many, be honest, how many of you wrote the Bible, how many can think of like three things you would not have put in there? Right? There'd be like eight commandments. <laughs> tithing, tithing would have definitely been lower, wouldn't it? Like, so with 5%. Here's, here's what I do know. No human being could have ever wrote a standard this high. So if God said it, I'm just crazy enough to believe it. He said, I've come that you might have life. In the Amplified, it says that you might have and enjoy life. I mean, not just get through it. How many want to enjoy your life? Yeah. You know, life is a gift. We all like getting gifts. How many like getting gifts? Yeah, we like getting gifts, unwrapping gifts. I, I think they got a picture of my wife. Do they have a picture of my wife and son? I don't know if they sent, sent that. Um, uh, just so when I'm talking, there they are. There they are. My wife's the one on the right. And uh, we have been, we've been happily married for 14 years now. And, um, yeah, 14, happily married, 14. We just had our 20th wedding anniversary. And, uh, and on, <laughs> so y'all get that later. But uh, she woke up, she said, honey, today's our anniversary. I'm thinking about gifts. And I, I said, yeah. She goes, I had a dream last night that you were going to give me a diamond necklace. She said, what do you think that means? I said, when you open your presents, you're going to find out what that means. <laughs> she was so excited. I gave her a gift. She was ripping the paper off. I, I bought her this book on the meaning of dreams. 
Um, I hope that helped her. I had no clue what it meant myself, but, uh, uh, but we, that, that's my wife, and that's my little boy, Solomon. Solomon, how many believe God still does miracles? Uh, we, we do. I mean, Solomon, we, we prayed nine, almost nine years. Uh, believing for a, a child, and uh, and finally Christine got pregnant. We were so excited, man. We have our promise. God's promise will be fruitful, multiplying. She was in one of the checkups, and they, they as they were doing the checkup, they said we've got a, a problem. Your baby's actually in your fallopian tubes, in your tube. It's tubal pregnancy. We're going to have to go in and do a surgery and remove the baby. Well, we've been we've been praying for. How many have ever asked God for something and it took him longer than a week? Anybody? Yeah. How about longer than a year? Anybody longer than a year? Yeah, um, eight years, almost nine years we've been praying. We weren't, we weren't going to give up that quick. And we just began to stand in faith, began to stand on the Word of God. And, and uh, we still did what the doctor said, all that kind of stuff. Went in even for the surgery they'd scheduled. And that morning, continued to just stand in faith. They were checking everything, getting ready for the surgery. They said, look, they said, someone's made a huge mistake. I don't know what this is. Someone's made a mistake. Your baby's actually in your womb exactly where he's supposed to be. And, uh, you know, they, they called it a mistake. We just called it a miracle, and I just believe God still does miracles, and, and uh, you know, she went on carry him nine months, and he came out, you know, perfect, handsome, and nine, nine pro- I mean, he's born C-section, but I mean, you can't even tell from the, from the pictures. He looks, only way you can really tell is when he leaves the house, he goes through the window, but other than that, he's totally fine, but anyway, that's my... That's my son, Solomon. But uh, what was I talking about anyway when I got, oh, gifts, gifts, gifts. Life is a gift. And so here's this gift called life. I think it's up to us to really unwrap it. Enjoy it. God picked out this gift just for you. You know, have you ever bought a gift for someone, maybe your birthday or anniversary, like, oh, you're, oh, I can't wait to give this. They're going to love this. I, I picked it out just for them. Hey, hey, you know what I'm talking about? When you give it to, you want to see their face when they open it, right? Because you picked it out just for them. You knew they were going to love it. And that's kind of what God did with this gift called life. That's why none of us are alike. The other day, someone said, Dave, you and me, man, we are just alike. I said, you know, if you and me are just alike, one of us is unnecessary. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with you. Uh, none of us are alike. I can't be you. You can't be me. I can't be Pastor Julian. How many are thankful for your pastors, Pastor Julian and Sharon? Man, they are, uh, they're, they're great leaders, great pastors, but they're also just great friends of ours. And we just so appreciate them and honor them. And Christine sends her greetings and just, and we just, we just so love them. I, I can't be him. I love him. I like being around him. I wish I could preach as good as him, but I can. I, I wish I was as handsome as him. I wish I, my, I don't wish my jeans were as skinny as his, but, um, <laughs> but I, I can't be him. I could try to be him, but God didn't create me to be him. God created me to be me. Yeah. I, I'm not T.D. Jakes. I, I can't be Joel Osteen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Every day's Friday. Uh, I, you just got to be, you just got to be who God created you to be. You got to unwrap your gift. Could you imagine giving someone a gift? They said, oh, I'll just open it later. That's what God, some of you, go, I'm just going to get through life. I'll just try to enjoy it later. And God's like, no, unwrap that gift. I got it just for you. A couple of Christmases ago, I got my mother-in-law a gift. Um, uh, for Christmas, I got her a cemetery plot. And so I, I, 
my mother-in-law. Anyway, um, I didn't get her anything last year. <laughs> She's all mad at me. She, you didn't give me anything for Christmas this year. I'm like, you didn't even use what I, I got you last time. But I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, when you give someone a gift, you know, Anyway, you want them to you want them to enjoy it. So, but I say how happy I am to be with you guys today. I think you know. I think life is meant to be enjoyed. Some y'all. Bible says laughter is like a medicine. I mean, just a good little, a little. My doctor actually said one twenty-second belly laugh is like three minutes of aerobic exercise. Uh, he, he prescribes laughter, so I think, la- I think it's meant to be enjoyed. We should enjoy life, but I'm just enjoying myself being with you guys today. And uh, Pastor said, my, my luggage didn't make it. I made it, but my luggage didn't, so we got to go shopping a little bit yesterday. And, uh, and it, it's just great to, to be here. Got to the hotel last night, finally got some sleep. Got on the elevator. This lady looked at me. She goes, you know, you look like my third husband. <laughs> like, I don't know how y'all do it here in, in England, but... I was like, wow. I'm like, how many times have you been married? And she said, twice. (laughs) So, anyway. So it's been a good trip for me so far. I'm feeling feeling pretty good. You know what what I found? I, I have found that life goes better when you put God first. Life just seems to go better. I, I like the way the Bible says. The Bible says if you plant yourself in the house of the Lord, that your life will flourish. How many want to see your life flourish? How many like to be happier this year than you were last year? Healthier this year? More love in your home? More joy? More peace? The Bible says real simple. Plant yourself in God's house. And listen, I can't think of any better place to plant yourself than right here at City Gate Church. This is a great church. And you got, you know... How many love your church? How many thank for your church? I was thinking it's probably got it's gotta be pretty easy to love to have a heart for the house around here. It's gotta be pretty easy to love your church when you have pastors like this who love you. It's easy to have a heart for the house when you know the house has a heart for you. And I can tell you what, they want the very best for you and for your family and your lives. I would encourage you, get planted in God's house. Just watch your life. Uh, begin to flourish. Let me get let me get into a couple things this morning. I, I think will will help you. I'm gonna make this pretty simple. I'm a pretty I'm a pretty simple guy, and so I try to make things pretty easy. Uh, and, and before I run out of time, there's a scripture in Psalms 118. You probably heard this before, uh, most of you. Uh, it, it just says this: it says this is the day that the Lord has made. That's pretty simple. When is the day He made? Yeah, this is today, today. He didn't say, hey, yesterday was the day I made. I hope you rejoiced. He didn't say, hey, tomorrow's going to be the day I make. Start making plans now to rejoice. He said, no, he said, this is it. This is the day that I made. And then he says, rejoice and be glad in it. You know, I think it's your choice to rejoice. Like when I got up this morning, I decided today... It's going to be a good day. You mean, you mean you just decided that? Yeah, I just decided that. Someone said, don't you ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed? I said, no, whichever side I get up on is the right side. It's my choice. I mean, I have to decide that. I wasn't born like a positive guy. Like, how many have to work at being positive? Be honest. Yeah, I have to work at it all the time. I mean, I was, I was born a pessimist. 
Even my blood type is B negative. You know what I'm saying? So it's not natural for me, but, but I, make, I make a choice. I'm, I make a choice to rejoice because this is the day. It took you your entire lifetime to get to today. So why not make the most of it? Think about it. It took some of you 20 years to get to today. Some of you 63 years to get to today. However old you are, it took you that long to get here. Why not make the most out of today? Because this is the day that the Lord has made. Oh, but you don't understand what I went through yesterday. Yesterday's over. But, but you don't understand what I got coming up to tomorrow's not here. You really, you really, if you think about it, you don't even have it tomorrow. Because when you get to tomorrow, you're just going to rename it today. So today is really all there is. So if you don't make the most out of today, now we all want to make our life count. How many want to leave a legacy, make your life count and have some meeting at the end of it? People say, how do you do that? My goodness, life is so long. It can be so much. And I mean, how do you even have a good year? I mean, a good year could be quite a bit. And, and I started thinking, how could I just break that down to make it easier? Because, you know, they say, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You know, how do you build a building one brick at a time? How do you make your life great? I think you just do it one day at a time. Just one day at a time. So how do you make today great? There's a, a, a scripture I found in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. I love this. It says, but the path of the righteous is as the dawning light that shineth more and more unto the perfect, perfect day. You mean the Bible talks about having a perfect day? I thought, what would be the ingredients to a perfect day? Because here's the thing. All you got to do is figure out how to have a really good day. If you could do that seven times, you got a good week. I mean, if you could just do that four times, now you got a good month going. Do that 12 times, now you got a good year. But it just starts with today because this is the day. So three things I think would be ingredients to really make today count. You want to make, how many want to make the most out of today? Like I said, it took you all your whole life to get here. Well, you don't understand. I just, someone some, some, some said, don't you ever wake up grumpy? I'm like, sometimes I wake up grumpy. You know, sometimes I let her sleep. But <clears throat> I think it's a choice you make every day. And so what are the ingredients to make today great? Number one, number one, you got to own your day. Number one, you got to own your day. Your day is your responsibility. My day is my responsibility. As long as I blame other people for my bad day, how many know anybody who blames other people for all their problems? How many know anybody? Don't point at them. I saw that. Yeah. You know, it's my parents' fault. It's the government's fault. You can always blame someone else. It's my boss's fault. It's my kid's fault. You can always blame someone else. But, but if you're going to make today gray, you're going to have to take responsibility for yourself. My doctor told me the other day, he said, Dave, you need to lose 25 pounds. I'm like, that's Krispy Kreme's fault. It's the donut's fault. Not my fault. I didn't make those donuts that good. But my decision yesterday to eat the donut got me to the place I am today, 25 pounds over. My wife told me, she said, honey, don't worry. You look good. She said, you got the body of a god. So I was like, thank you. She said, yeah, Buddha. Anyway. But as long as I'm blaming other people for my, my problem. But my decision yesterday, like I said, to eat the donut got me the place I am today. I was doing really good, too. I, was, I, I started cutting back. I was, I was doing, then I saw this T-shirt the other day. said, fat people are harder to kidnap. <laughs> I'm like, I got to protect myself. You know, it's, it can be dangerous out there. Anyway, your day is your responsibility. Here's the thing. You are not, you are not a victim. 
And I, I know many of life's circumstances may have been difficult. Times may be hard. Sometimes you don't have any control over the circumstances or the situations that happen to you, yet you have to learn to master them or else you'll spend your whole life being controlled by your past. A great example of that is, is uh, Nelson Mandela, the great leader from South Africa. You know, the, the, a few years ago he passed away. The world stopped, paid attention to recognizing and mourn his passing. This, this great leader. Do you think this respected, influential man, this leader, could have easily been controlled by his past? Easily. I went to Robben Island off the coast of South Africa where he spent over 25 years held unjustly there in that little tiny prison cell. He could have came out of there angry, mad. I'm going to get back at them. I'm going to show them. Yet he decided to forgive and decided instead to use that time to make a difference. Yeah. Went on to change an entire nation and win a Nobel Peace Prize. And, and when, when, you, when you think about it, a lot of t now you will find sometimes the difficult circumstances you're in are your, because of your own choices. How many have ever made some bad decisions? So whatever it may be, here's, here's what I have found. The most important factor in determining whether someone is a happy person or, or, or not is the outlook they choose for themselves. You can go around blaming other people. It's always someone else's fault. Or you, like I said, you can choose to make a, make a difference. You can choose to make a, a, a change in the way you see things. What does what the Bible say in Philippians 4? Uh, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's uh, uh, admirable, think about these things. Whatever's excellent, whatever's... So a lot of times it's in our own thinking, our own mindset. You want to own your day, you got to own your thoughts. You got to own your words. It amazes me how many Christians speak such negativity such death over their life. Christians, Christ followers, oh, this dead-end job's never going to get me anywhere. Oh, my spouse is never going to change. We should be cursing things like poverty and cancer and injustice, not, not cursing things that are beneficial to us. Well, the Bible says life and death are in the power of the... Yeah, you eat the fruit of what you, what you say. So when you understand the power of your word, you'd start thinking about what you say. So, so a lot of that, all that's part of owning your day. You want to make today count, take responsibility for your day. And it, it, it's, it's a choice. I decided today, everything's not perfect in my life. Reminds me of these twins that were born, identical twins, looked exactly like. I mean, you couldn't tell these boys apart. That was the only thing that was alike was the way they looked. Everything else was completely different. You know, if one was hot, the other was cold. If the TV is too loud, the other thought it was too quiet. One was an optimist, one was a pessimist. The dad thought, you know, their birthday came up. He said, I'm going to try something on these kids. Just see their personalities are so different, even though they look just alike. I'm going to see how they will respond. So on the morning of their birthday, he went into the pessimist room, and he filled his room up with all kind of gifts and toys and games and just all kind of fun stuff. He, he went down the hallway to the optimist room, and in his room, he put just a big pile of horse manure. He said, let's see what happens when they wake up. So the pessimist woke up. He saw all the gifts and toys and games and started crying. The dad said, what's wrong? He said, oh, dad, this is horrible. My friends are going to be so jealous. He said, I got all these toys. Half of them, half of them need batteries. The other half has instructions. It's all going to break eventually. It's just horrible. I can't believe you got me all this stuff. Dad couldn't believe it. He went down the hallway, said, let's see how the optimist is responding. As he got closer to his room, he heard laughing and jumping. He swung the door open, manure flying everywhere. <laughs> he said, what in the world? He said, what are you so happy about? He said, Dad, with this much manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 
a, a lot of times it's just all in how you look at it. So, so number one, you got to own your day. Number two, number two, order your day. Number two, order your day. I think this is pretty, uh, pretty exciting, pretty powerful thing. Now you don't think a lot about this, but let me ask you a question. Pretty simple question. Have you ever straightened up your closet? Like maybe the shoes in your closet or something in your closet. And when you got done with just straightening up that little bit of stuff in your closet, you felt like you could conquer the world. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Let me see your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Or, or your garage or maybe your desk or all of a sudden you're like, I could, what else can I do today? All of a sudden you feel like you can do anything because you begin to create order. Why do you feel so good about that? Because God is a God of order. So when you straighten up your, your closet, you felt good because you were doing a godly thing. You were creating order. Order is the accurate arrangement of things. When things are where they're supposed to be, when they're in the proper order, uh, things turn out completely different. Like, I lost my keys. I couldn't find my keys one day. I was looking all over for my keys. Anybody ever lost your keys? You ever notice how much time you waste looking for your keys? I have a place right inside my door now where I hang my keys and never have to lose them anymore because I, I created some order. I, I put them where the, in the proper place, so now I know exactly where to get them when it's time to leave. It's just, it's just creating order. And I think the same thing in life. If you want to get where you're going, how many have some dreams and goals, some things you want to do and accomplish in life? You want to discover your purpose? I mean, you want to make a difference? I love these, these signs on the wall here. And, 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 and if you want to do that, I think you've got to have a plan. I think you've got to have some order in your life. It's like going over here to the airport. You can go over here to the airport, Heathrow, Gatwick, wherever. They, there's planes flying all over the world. But until you decide where you want to go, you're still going to be at the airport. Because they don't sell your ticket based on where you're at. They sell your ticket based on where you're going. So a lot of times you're just sitting here in life going, what do I do? You don't have a plan. You don't know where you're going. You can't leave where you're at until you decide where you'd rather be. I mean, you, 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 you can't leave Egypt till you can see yourself in Canaan. So you got to get a picture of where it is you want to go. And so, so I, I like to help people discover a plan, develop a plan to get there. That's one of the things I do as, as, a, as a coach. About 50% of what we do is in the corporate arena in coaching and helping people to, to discover where they're going to get a plan for their life. And so I like to create order for my day. There's some ingredients I have in every day. Like every day, number one, for me, I want to spend time with God. That's the most important thing to me. I want to, I want to hear his voice. I want, to read, I want to read the Bible. It's like, it's like the Bible is your map, right? It's your road map for life. You don't read the map when you get home from the trip, right? You read the map before you go on the trip. So I want to know what God says. So I want to spend some time with God. That's one of the things I want to do. So I have some ingredients that are just part of every, of every day. Uh, I, I try to give something every day. I, try, I like to give. How many like giving? Let me see if you like to give. Most of us do. I mean, you kind of can't help it, just kind of the way God made you. I mean, for God so loved the world that he, he gave. I, one thing I love about, uh, about your church and your pastor is he's such a visionary. And he has the courage just to step out and do, do great things. And, and to do that, it takes resources. It takes money. And, and I mean, to grow and to build. And uh, I mean, buildings. And we're, we're in two services now. And eventually, we're going to need a bigger building, all that kind of stuff. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if pastor goes, hey, we got an opportunity to get this building or to do this. And, uh, and, and I'm just making up a number. We need to raise, you know, five million pounds. I'm just making up a number. How many like to be able to go, uh, hey, pastor, put me down for 100,000 pounds. How many? It's not a pledge. I'm just asking. People got all nervous. They're like, is this an offering? What's he doing? Up there? How many would like to be able to do that? 
Yeah, because our heart is to give. We want to give. So when we have, I heard about a church got a phone call, and the receptionist answered the phone. The guy said, I'd like to speak to the head hog at the trough. The assistant said, excuse me, do you, you mean our pastor? He said, yep, that's what I'm talking about, the head hog at the trough. She said, that's rude. That's our pastor. We love him. We respect him. We don't talk about him. Can I help you with something? He said, yeah, I heard about the new building you guys were getting. I just wanted to make a 100000 pound donation. And the receptionist said, well, hold on. Let me see if Porky's in. <laughs> the more blessed you are, the greater bless blessing you can be. So I try to give something every day. I look for opportunities to give. It may be a smile. It may be a kind word. It may be buying someone a, a, a Starbucks. What can I do to give to someone else? I, it may, whatever it may be, honoring God with my offerings, my tithe, whatever, all those things are part of, of giving. I try to make it a part of my daily life to look for a way to bless or to give to someone else. The other day, my, wife, my, my son and I were sitting in a restaurant. The lady next to us was planning a birthday party, her and her little boy. I overheard the conversation, and he, he wanted to invite 12 friends. She said, you can only invite 10 friends. And, and uh, he said, but I got 12 friends. She said, I can only afford this much pizza. There's this many slices, and it, he don't understand the pizza equation. How many slices? He's 10 years old. He just wants all of his friends. And she's getting upset because I'm sure she wants him to have all of his friends. She just can't afford enough pizza. And they're getting upset with each other. And I'm sitting right next to him. And I'm thinking, I should help. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. I'm right here. And I'm thinking, here's some people in need. What would a good Christian do if they heard about a need like this? And so I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for them. Isn't that what a good Christian would do? We'll be praying for you. I hope it works out. <laughs> it amazes me how often we pray about situations that God's already given us the ability to solve. I didn't need to pray, Lord, multiply their pizza like the loaves and the fishes. And Lord, let one of his friends move. Eleven friends. Let one be a vegetarian. I was trying to figure out how to get down to 10. I remember I had $100 in my pocket. When God blesses you, he's got a lot more than you in mind. He blesses you so you can be a blessing. So I, I just walked over the table and said, excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt you guys. I wasn't eavesdropping on your conversation. I, I was just listening to it. <laughs> I heard about the party. Look, here's $100. Invite those other two friends. You guys have a blessed day. God bless you. And I just walked, because it it, I walked away. It wasn't about me. It wasn't like, here's my card. Check out my podcast. Follow me on Instagram. By the way, you should totally follow me on Instagram. <laughs> but I just watched. She's, I'm sure she got home and told her friend, You're not gonna, I'm sitting in the restaurant. This big, bald angel showed up. <laughs> he had $100. You're blessed. Just say that. Say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. to be a blessing. I, I try to learn something every day. That's something else I try to do every day. There's, there's several things. I try, to, I try to learn something. If you want tomorrow to be different than today... You've got to learn something today in order to make tomorrow different. The Bible says, whatever you do, get wisdom. The Bible said a wise person will increase in learning. It said wisdom is more valuable than silver. It's more profitable than gold. It's more precious than rubies. Let me tell you, the only problem you'll really ever have in life is a wisdom problem. You don't really have financial problems. You just have some wisdom problems. You don't really have marriage problems. You just have some wisdom problems. You don't really have health problems. A lot of times you just have some wisdom problems. Here's what I have found. The more wisdom you have, the less miracles you'll need. 
lot of people just waiting for a miracle. And if they'd had wisdom, they'd have never ended up in the position they were in. How many have ever made this statement? Man, if I knew back then what I know now. Anybody ever made that statement? That's what I'm talking about. If I'd have known then what I know now, I'd have never made the decisions I made that ended me up in this place. Now I need a miracle. So the Bible says, whatever you do, get wisdom. They said, there's wisdom for your relationships. How many married people are in here? Married people. How many single people? Any single people? Okay. And then whether you're married or whether you're single, there's wisdom. The Bible's got wisdom for everything. I'm married people. How many married people? You and your spouse are different. You're, you're different personality-wise, different. Most married people. My wife and I, night and day different. She's from New York. I'm from Mississippi. She's from a big town. I'm from a small town. She grew up wealthy. We grew up poor. We thought you're supposed to be poor because poor people go to heaven. <laughs> That's what they told us. We did everything we could to stay broke. My dad told us if the ice cream truck was playing music, that meant they were out. That's, that's bad, you know. Like, like we go to KFC, lick other people's fingers. You know what I'm saying? That's just, you know. So we, we had to learn how to we had to learn how to work this thing out. We were we were different, but we found wisdom for our relationship. I mean, there, there's there's single people. There's wisdom. I mean, there's every, the Bible has everything. You, there's good pickup lines in the Bible if you need them. That's what I love about the Bible. It's got every, like, like the other day, I was reading the book of Numbers, and I realized I don't have yours. It's a Christian pickup line. See, it's right there. Hey, girl, I think you got one of my ribs. Anyways, the Bible's got everything you need. I love it. I love it. So, so whatever you do, so all those things. So get wisdom. Get wisdom. Like I said, if you want tomorrow to be different than today, so I learn something every day. I mean, sometimes it's, it's, it's little things, but if I can learn something in some area of my life, plus the Bible says whatever you do, get wisdom. How do you get wisdom? Three ways you can get it. Number one, you can get it from mistakes, which is the slowest way to get it, learning from your mistakes. Number two would be mentors. How many would rather get your wisdom from, say, Pastor Julian's mistakes? I would much rather learn from his mistakes than my mistakes. That's called mentorship. So God gives you a pastor, a coach, someone to help you. I called one of my mentors the other day. I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? He said, oh, man, I wouldn't do that if I was you. I said, why not? I think it's a great idea. He said, yeah. He said, so did I. <laughs> He'd already done it. Found out it didn't work. Saved me a whole lot of time. Third way to get wisdom is money. You can buy it. Quickest way to get wisdom. Buy it. Go to a bookstore, buy a book. What took someone their entire lifetime to figure out, you can learn in a few hours for 15 pounds. You'd be crazy not to buy books. Go to my house, I got over 4,000 books. I can't get enough. The difference between where I am and where I want to be is what I know. So the Bible says, whatever you do, get wisdom. Wisdom will protect you. Wisdom will promote you. All throughout Proverbs, it tells us all the values of wisdom. I was at a meeting with a guy named Peter J. Daniels and a uh, wealthy businessman from Australia. I'd paid about $3,000 to go to a seminar. But let me ask you this. How many like to be doing better than you're doing right now? Okay. If you're not doing as well as you'd like to be doing, it means there's something you don't know. When I heard that, I went from being a know-it-all to being a learn-it-all. He's doing better than I'm doing, so obviously he knows something I don't know, so I went to a seminar, listened to everything, he, I wrote down everything I could. At the end, he goes, I got some books and CDs, told us about them. So as soon as it was over, I ran back, I said, I want everything he's got. They said, you want everything? I said, everything. He knows something I don't know? I'm going to find out what it is. They said, if you buy everything back here, it'll be, it'll be uh, $1,600, $1,600 for everything. And, and uh, I didn't know he knew that much stuff. <laughs> 
I didn't expect it to be. My friend said, that's crazy. He said, you're not going to get it, are you? I said, you know, I think I am going to get it. He said, you are? He said, do you think it's worth it? I said, you know what? I think I'm worth it. So I don't buy books that I think the papers are worth it. I buy books that I think I'm worth it. I mean, if I don't think I'm worth 15 pounds, why would anybody else think I'm worth it? That's why I said I got all these books, but videos, CD, I can't get enough. There's too much stuff I don't know. And if the difference between where I am and where I want to be is what I know, I want to find out everything I don't know. And so, so I begin to get wisdom, understanding, and, and grab everything I could. I bought everything on that table, all $1,600 worth of it. I got one idea off of there. Just, I got a lot of good stuff, but one idea that I put together, sold the idea. Within about eight months, that idea produced me a little over $300,000. That's, that's not a bad idea. Plus, how many have ever made a mistake that cost you more than 1,600 pounds? <laughs> or more than 300 pounds? Or, uh, so if I had wisdom, I might not make the same mistake. So part of every day, I want to get wisdom. Number three, oh my goodness. Is that my time's up in two minutes? All right, I got a lot to say in two minutes. Um, number three, what was number one again? All right, just making sure y'all are listening. Number two is what? Order your day. Number three is occupy your day. Number three is occupy your day. By the way, for those of you, how many, how many like to learn and grow? How many like wisdom? For those of you that are into wisdom, I brought a few of these little USB drives. Um, not for everybody. I didn't bring enough for everybody. Not everybody's into wisdom. There's always a few people like me uh, that, that like to learn and grow. We have the opportunity to work a lot with athletes, and we work a lot with the NBA, the basketball players. And there's a guy, he's retired now uh, by the name of Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was a basketball player, played for the Lakers. 2014, he retired, or and he retired a couple years ago, but 2014, he set the record for the most missed shots in the history of the NBA. The most missed shots. Now, what's amazing is seven days after he set the record for the most missed shots, he passed up Michael Jordan, one of the greatest players of all time, for the most points scored during his career. So the same guy who has the most missed shots now passed up the greatest player of all time. They said, how did you do that? He said, oh, it was real simple. I just took another shot. He said, you can't let the fear of failure or the fear of criticism keep you from trying again. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to have some setbacks. How many have ever made a mistake? Let me see if you ever made a mistake. Oh, man, I should have brought more of these. <laughs> if you've never made a mistake, you probably never made anything. Everybody makes mistakes. I love what Evander Holyfield said about the book, The Boxer. Um, uh, I, I mentioned his name not because I'm just trying to drop names. I'm not a name dropper. I'm just trying to, I want to tell you what the five-time heavyweight champion of the world said about my book. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not, I'm not a name dropper. If, if anything I've learned from spending time with Richard Branson, it's that, um, <laughs> so you shouldn't drop names. But um, Evander Holyfield said, it's not getting knocked down that makes you lose the fight. It's just not getting back up. We all get knocked down. How do you get back up? And that's where I got the title for this book called Another Shot. And so I wrote this book, Another Shot. It's our, it's our latest book. And I just brought a few of these. On this USB drive is the, the book, uh, the ebook of another shot. Uh, also, it's the audio book of me reading the book. If you want to listen to me for a few hours, read the book to you. I can do that. Uh, also on here is workbooks. Normally, this comes in a big package when we sell it, and it, it's like $300 or something like that uh, with this big, this big package. We put them on these USB drives. makes it easier to travel and brought a few of them with us. But uh, how many remember better when you write stuff down? 
anybody like me. So we got a workbook on here. And then there's 30, uh, uh, it's a 30 day program. So, you know, it's one thing to read a book, but I'm a coach. So I want to help you get through the book and really make it part of your life. And so I'll spend the next 30 days with you. Me and some friends of mine, I had some friends join me on here, like um, uh, Lee Cockrell, who ran Disney World for 13 years. He talks to us about decision-making. One day we talk about attitude. I'm like, who do I know that always has a good attitude? And then I'm like, you know what? There's this, this preacher in, in Texas. I've been trying to help him get his name out there a little bit and help him, you know. So I, I said, hey, Joel Osteen, you want to be on this thing? And, uh, and he's like, thank you, Dave. It's a great opportunity. And uh, so one day, uh, Joel Osteen's on here. He's your coach, your attitude coach. I mean, if you had to hire these people, it'd cost you tens of thousands of dollars, but they're good friends of mine. So I said, come help us. And so on some days I have guests with me and we just, you just watch these videos and we coach you through the book on how to put it. So it's a 30 day program. What I love about it is at the end of the 30 days, you'll actually have a written plan. Remember earlier we talked about planning. This will give you a written plan of what to do next. Pretty simple. Uh, and, and so it, this is my passion, creating resource. I've only got 40 minutes with you. So this gives me, oh, right there it is. Yeah. And so that's the whole uh, workbook coaching videos. The whole thing's back there. And uh, and there's just just a few of them. So if, if, like I said, I think on our website it's $300. Uh, for the corporate events, something like that. So I don't know what that comes out to in pounds, but $75 or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, there's 75 pounds today. Uh, if, if you want to get the whole 30-day program, it's just 75 pounds. That's like less than half price. You say thank you. At least be, at least be grateful. That's a good deal. Anyway, there's a few of them back there. It's not for everybody, but, but those of you that really like to grow, get wisdom, whatever you do. The difference between where you are and where you want to be. And so uh, uh, order your day by putting some wisdom in it. And then number three, third thing. Oh, and by the way, all the money that, from our resource table uh, goes to a missions project in Uganda called Keep a Girl in School, uh, where we, we help girls. Uh, we, we saw the dropout rate with girls 12, 13, 14 years old just skyrocket because they didn't have the feminine products and the things they needed when their monthly cycle began. And so they had to drop out of school. They missed school for a week, two, uh, two months, three months, and which then now put them into uh, human trafficking and, and uh, prostitution and things like that. We can keep a girl in school. So when you, every time you buy one of these, you also keep a girl in school for a year. And so you're helping some other people as well as helping yourself. Um, and I, I'm out of time. Last one, last one was occupy your day. What does that mean? It means wherever you're at, be all there. Wherever you're at, don't just watch the parade, join the parade. You can sit in here, you can watch all the amazing things God's doing at City Gate. You can watch the parade go by, or you could join the parade. You could plant yourself, you could, you could occupy your space here and make the most out of it. And together, what was it Mother Teresa said, you can do great things, I can do great things, but together, Together, what we can do is amazing. And so I encourage you to occupy wherever you're at. You're here, be all here. Plant yourself here. Watch what God will do in your life. You want to make the most out of today? You want to make today count? Make a difference in someone else's life. There's places you can serve. That's a way to plant yourself. Show up. Pray for your pastors. Be generous and faithful in your giving. All those are part of planting yourself in God's house. And when you plant yourself in God's house, it says that your life will what? Flourish. How many want a flourishing future? That's what the Bible says. Be confident. Philippians, I think, 1 verse 6. He said, I will bring you to a flourishing future. That's what God has for you. Own your day. Order your day. 
occupy your day and watch the difference that when you make today count, all of a sudden your week, your month, your year, and your life begins to leave a legacy. Can I just pray for you real quick? How many got at least one thing that helped you today? At least one thing that encouraged you? I know it went a few minutes over, but let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this great church. Thank you for my friends that lead and guide this church. And Father, I thank you that you have greater things ahead. We've seen you do some amazing things. We've seen your hand, your favor. But Father, we thank you as we make the most out of today. We want to make today count. We're going to own our day. We're going to take responsibility for the things in our life, in our family, on our job, in our church. We're going to own the day. We're going to take responsibility. We're going to order our day. We're going to learn something we didn't know before. We're going to spend time in your world. We're going to develop a plan to get us to the destiny that you created for us. And we're going to occupy. If we're here today, we're going to make the most out of today because today is all we've got. It's all you really gave us because tomorrow we're just going to rename today. We thank you for this incredible gift. This is the day that you've made and we rejoice and we're glad in it. With every head bowed, every eye closed just before pastor comes. I never want to close without giving people an opportunity to make sure that their heart and their life is right with God. I said at the very beginning, life goes better when you put God first. Maybe you're in this room and you've never made a decision to put God first in your life. I don't want you to leave today without the opportunity to live a God first life. God loved you so much that he gave this incredible gift to his son, Jesus. Maybe you've never received that gift. It's a free gift. All you have to do is receive it. Maybe you're here and at some point in your life, you put God first. But if you're honest, you say, you know, Dave, if I'm honest, Today, God's not first place in my life anymore. At one point he was, but maybe it's a job, maybe it's finances, maybe it's a relationship, something you've allowed to come before God in your life. But you say today, Dave, I'm ready to put God back where he belongs. Number one, first place in my life. When you pray that prayer, pray for me. I'm gonna look across the building one time when I count to three, if you're either one of those two people, number one, you've never made the decision to put God first. Or number two, at some point, God was first. He's not now. You're ready to put him back where he belongs. If you're either one of those two people, when I count to three, heads bowed, just lift your hand real quick so I can pray a prayer over your life. One, two, three. Let me see your hands real quick. Anyone in this room? Thank you. Anyone else in the room? Before I I pray this prayer, never made God first place. Or at one point he was, you're ready to put him back where he belongs. Anyone else? Just before I pray this prayer, God bless you. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? I'm going to pray this prayer. Anyone else before I pray the prayer? Dave, when you pray that prayer, pray for me. Father, I thank you for these two that lifted their hand today. Father, I thank you that you don't just give us a desire to change, but you give us the discipline to make the changes that we need to make. You never condemn us, but you do convict us. And you may show us areas of our life, things that need to change. You said if we give it to you, you'd remove it as far as the east is from the west. Lord, those who lifted their hand just turned the page to a brand new chapter. You said if we believe in our hearts, say with our mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, we'd be saved. I want everyone in the room just to say these words with me. Everyone in the room say, Jesus Christ Christ is my Lord. Lord. You talk about a decision that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. There's no greater decision you can make than to put 
God first. We were talking about another shot. If you lifted your hand, we are talking about another shot. Another word for that would be a comeback. If you lifted your hand, I can't think of any greater comeback that you could make than to come back right here to city, to city Gate. Every chance you get, every opportunity, get in this growth track, get in, in one of these and begin to plant yourself. I'm telling you, a year from now, you won't recognize yourself, your family. Everything will begin to change when you plant yourself and make, and, and dis, make the decision to live a God-first life. Amen. Thanks. God bless you guys.